Well, we started the message on grace supplements for the soul. Last week, we looked at how that how important you are to God as an individual and individually and how your life is it's just not part of a big you know conglomerate you know and multitude of people it is a unique but yet individualized and specific uh, your life is, has the attention of God. And so we talked about the, the apple of his eye. And how that he is like a mountain around you. We discussed those aspects of it. And we did it on the foundation, on the basis of Weariness is a real issue. Galatians 6 and 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. The, The effects of weariness can cause our passions to leave. It can... Causes to make poor decisions, wrong choices. We discovered how that weariness and fatigue in making those choices, it can cause us to forfeit what God has planned for our lives. It was Esau who coming in from the field was weary and fatigued. And in that moment... And at that time, he made a decision. That, you know, moved him out of the pathway of an amazing future. But as Scott said this morning, and as we said last week, Jesus does not want you to stay in the field of weariness. But he wants you you to come. Amen? Amen. He does. And so, within that keeping, and if you want to listen to that, you can, but I want to talk about the next chapter because we were referencing the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. The backdrop of that And I'm going to say a few things this morning that I think they're just nuggets and hopefully they will convey something to you by the help of the Holy Spirit. Number one, Jesus wants us to find the rest of our story. Not the rest of the story, but the rest of the story. Come on to me, all the labor and heavy laden, I will give you 
rest. Amen. The difference between the believer and the unbeliever is the forecast. In the evening time it shall be light. All Egypt had darkness. The children of Israel had light. What looked like a problem was going to be turned into triumph. In chapter 14, they are crying and complaining about their life. That is of Exodus. And in chapter 15, it begins with how one night an event can change the trajectory of your life and the song that you're singing. One event. That which had once blocked their destiny now become their passageway to their destiny. It is a fact today that deep problems are frequently the seedbed in which God cultivates deliverance and life's greatest blessing. Our greatest joy in liberty are usually found not in the pinnacle of the mountain, but when we are buried in some forgotten dungeon. The story of Joseph is a strong indicator. Life and situations throughout the Bible. The cross is about... Redemption. It's about changing the trajectory of life and your song. Amen. The good news this morning is is that while even though those events They hang around every year. That God has a divine timing for you. God has a sacred calendar designed. For his purpose and his plan and for your life. To help you in your worship. To give you divine encounters and to develop you and lead us to it. Our destiny. Amen. Absolutely. When the fullness of time was come. Jesus, throughout his ministry, you know, said, 
several times, my time has not yet come. The calendar of God had not yet moved into the right day. Or in some cases, the right season. There are functional differences, obviously, in seasons. You're familiar with them, we who live in this part of the country. The springtime, the summertime, the fall, and the winter. Each one unique, but yet have a beneficial aspect to them. Psalms 126 and verses 1 through 4 this morning. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, or when the Lord turned, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth in this turning, this change, was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. So is writing of our scripture today. Deliverance to restoration is a process. Deliverance to restoration is a process. You remember the story of both Nehemiah and Ezra. The great deliverance, the great move of God in making the return possible. Finally getting to the homeland and the place that God had promised, but at the same time, the work that was yet to be done. The walls had to be built in, in order to build the walls. The trash had to be removed. Yesterday's events often leave debris that need to be cared for. Whether it's physical, circumstantial, or emotional, there are those things that have to be addressed. And that's what our passage of Scripture that Scott used and we used last week is, Come unto me all who will labor, you know, and weary and heavy laden. Life has gotten you down. To the degree, of course, you know, varies by each individual. Nevertheless, it's still a fact. Captivity means to be constrained. 
It means to be denied those basic rights and privileges. Their expectation was not very high because when it happened, they had to check themselves for the reality of it. But when the Lord does it, you see, folks, there is no certain future without God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Yes, there are events that try and cripple your progress and your destinies and that want to shelter you and keep you back, or shatter, rather, from the bright vision that God has given to you. Chapter 15. Chapter 14 is no fun. Chapter 15 is wonderful. Job lived through chapter 14. All the while trying to do what was right. The Bible says he was blameless and upright. Life was together. He had a house. He had a family. He had a business. He was well known. His charitable deeds was evident in the community. He was in good health and good spirits. That was before chapter 14. And in chapter 15, you know the story, his, all his children died. His marriage become miserable. He went from good health to bad health, from prosperity to poverty. Fractures in relationship happening during this trouble. The viewpoint that friends had of it all of a sudden took on a negative and become an actual added weight. Things got so bad in Job's life that he even began to question God. The good thing is, is that Job never lost faith. Just a little overview. The great, beautiful diamonds of the world. The diamond sellers will often create a black backdrop in which to exemplify and make the diamond stand out 
more than it would in the, another situation. Maybe your situation is the backdrop so that you're the beauty of you as a diamond can be seen more clearly. Have you considered my servant Job? Well, guess what? His surroundings are just too perfect. for that diamond to shine. And shine it did, didn't it? When Job had a turnaround in his life, which I believe that God assures to us, assures us that we all will have those turnarounds. The first thing that God did in the turnaround for Job, in Job's life, was to work on his perception of God. Yeah. God has a pathway. Has anybody's perception of God increased since your first days? Is your understanding of God grown at all? Yes, his perception of God. He began to understand God's power, God's care. He began to understand that he may be having a problem, but God is still all-powerful. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. What is the one thing that the New Testament says that we're supposed to remember about Job. Just, there's only one thing. Remember the patience of Job. <laughs> the patience. Even in the midst of all of the turmoil and all of the, the, the misalignments that would seem to be there, there was a, a perseverance, a confidence, a, an assurance to remember the patience. Your patience possess you, your soul there's another story 
chapter 14 and chapter 15 being lived, and that is the story of Naomi. You've heard this phrase, the best is yet to come. Those are all encouraging, aren't they? But you know it's true. The best is yet to come. There may be some little hopes that pass you by, but there is one big hope that is not going to pass you by. If we had hope in this life only, we're of all men most miserable, but there is a hope that's it's guaranteed. When God turned... When God turns it around, yes, there's times it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but from the book of Ruth, God wants us to see something, to read some signs that are for us. In spite of all your setbacks, God is planning for your joy. Yes, he is. The perplexing turns are not dead-end streets. They are divine settings. Now, does everything that happen, you know what I mean? Are they the orchestration of God as they are? No. If that was the case, God would not have to work them out for good. Because every perfect gift, every good gift comes from above. So then there must be a mix that's happening in the routine of life. Yes. So, God is working things, things out. Now, in this story of Ruth, when it begins... It is not without problems. It is not without setbacks. No. Remember the story that when, you know, the deliverer and the promise from Boaz is coming, all of a sudden there's a Emotional setback, a moment of uncertainty. Because he discovers that there's someone in line before him who has the option of redeeming. 
Let that speak to you this morning. He that has begun a good work will complete it. But, oh my. I wish I could tell you that there wouldn't be any setbacks on the way to glory. But even though there are setbacks, God always gets us to glory. He does. Though she could not see it, Naomi, though Naomi could not see it, yet may we see it today that God gave her the gift of Ruth. Doesn't look like much at first. It's a companion, but oh, what is going to develop out of this? The gift of Ruth. God was turning Naomi's setbacks into joy. How many know that she went ahead and encouraged and almost missed her opportunity? No, no, don't go with me. I don't have a future. There's, there's, there's no tomorrow in me. That's what, that's what she was saying when, when she said, you know, there's no more children in this womb. There is no ingredients. There, there is no connections between what I am right now and that is that I am empty. There is no future for me. Thank God that... Ruth was persistent enough, knowing, you know, what God wanted her to do. And she says, no, nothing but death shall separate us. Just a side note, did you know that death does not even separate you from Jesus. There may be some separations, but there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Shall life or death? No! See, when you're tired and weary, you don't need another obligation. You need someone that begins to tell you how important you are. You need that encourager. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. How many children, now let me just, how many kids that you see, you know what I mean? If they just had somebody in their corner would do better. 
Someone that just said, you can do this. Or it's all right, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You'll never really be alone. Why? Because you're feeling alone. Ruth was a gift. Boaz was a preservation gift. This is in every loss that the godly endure, God is already plotting for their gain. You see it in the cross. For he's the lamb, according to revelations, that was slain before the foundation of the world. Before anything natural was taken place, God was already ready when the natural needed him. I always find an interesting, and I have no, by any means, have any insight, you know, know the depth of it, but that rock. How many know there's probably was a lot of rocks? But it says the rock that followed them was Christ. I mean, you can understand that, you know, when the people, you tell them about water coming out of a rock, it's a little far-fetched, isn't it? Oh, Pastor, that's sacrilegious. No. Fundamentally speaking, that just doesn't have any kind of, you know, they have houses for you. Yeah. <laughs> they have therapy for you. The people that were there drinking that day were pretty glad that their thirst was quenched. And where was their thirst quenched? In the wilderness. The wilderness is not absent of God. There are rocks in your wilderness. Rocks of major potential. And that rock is Jesus. 
This is the stone that the builders rejected. But good news this morning is you have not rejected that stone. Come unto me, all your labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Talks about quenching their thirst. And then the event of the opening of Ruth's womb. You see, what was unfruitful yesterday can become fruitful in your tomorrow. Same woman, same womb, just a fresh touch. Yes. There was a birthing of hope and divine future. Absolutely. In this case, God was not only plotting the temporal provision and temporal blessings, but he is also preparing for probably the greatest future that Israel had ever experienced. Amen. As my musicians come this morning, Jesus Christ is God's turnaround power. He is. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you more are more abundantly. There's a good news this morning in all of this, and that is there is an author of our life that before the dawn of time, before light broke into the darkness, God had written our days. What a comforting fact. I'm talking to you as believers this morning and not as unbelievers. You see, the whole story, the whole story, number one, is about people who are made in the image of God. It's a story of runaways and rescuers. It's a story of loss and gain, of brokenness and healing. It is. Confident, Paul said of this one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, your story. Jesus said, just want you come. Once you find the rest.
What is happening now? And how do you view the tomorrow? Your tomorrow is greatly affected in how you view the author of your life. Are you expecting good things? Or are you expecting things to get worse? Yes. Do you believe he has a good plan? Do you believe that he cares enough about every paragraph and word and punctuation in the narrative of your life? Some people look at the down times and the downside of life as somehow they're getting punished. But the good news of the gospel is is that Jesus took all of our punishment. There's a great difference between punishment and loving discipline. It says that God poured out upon Jesus all of his wrath. He has no more wrath left for you. For it pleased the Lord to bruise him and put on him the grief and make his soul an offering for sin. And he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied and by his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Your hardship is not punishment. No. I have a message on loving discipline we won't go into today, but it just might be the display of the diamond that God has made you into as you stand with me this morning. I'm not making light of sin. I'm not making light of disobedience. Not making light of any of those things this morning, church. But it's about leaving the previous chapters of our life. As Paul Harvey said, and now the rest of the story. God wants to be the Paul Harvey, as it were, and tell you, and now the rest of the story. Chapter 14 is given way to chapter 15, and let me read that. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and 
Israel saw the Egyptian dead on the seashore. Chapter 15, verse 1, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has thrown, has, has, he has thrown into the sea. Now, this is not the same captivity, the same Babylon, you know, at one, uh, Psalms 126 is talking about. But there is definitely a unique connection. Psalms 126 is those captives that were released and able to go back to their homeland. And you find the restoration, the process of in Ezra in Nehemiah. And there you find the great words of most of the prophets coming during that, that time. You may today just be seeing the debris. But God is seeing the rebuilt wall. You may be just seeing the temple in disarray, but God is seeing a temple that is finished. Who for the joy set me for him. Even Jesus, in the midst of his darkest, most difficult time, he did. He looked forward. He had a chapter 14. And then chapter 15 arrived on Easter morning. Guaranteeing that every Good Friday, and I don't know why we call it Good Friday, <laughs> has a Sunday morning. It has a Sunday morning. Everybody say it. It has a Sunday morning. Is the great preachers, I forget his, uh, uh, I know it's on the tip of my tongue, but he said, you know, Friday's here, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Absolutely. Now, listen, church. Who's in charge of your Sunday? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. Oh, yes. If you're willing to yield to your Fridays, God will has guaranteed your Sundays. Give the Lord a praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Naomi felt like she had 
been brought back with nothing. But the nothing was about to turn into something. Oh, yes. Yep. Now, the journey was not all that pleasant. Now, I have a song this morning. As Scott said, what was those two words? One is, follow me. And the other one is, want you. Do you have that? Come to me. Come, right? Come to me. Don't follow me. Come to me. You're already following, but in this time, he's saying, you know what? Just come to me. Amen. How do you go from zero to hero? How do you go from obscurity to prominence? It's all found in the Joseph Principle. Story in itself, but serve those around you. Joseph served whether it was Potiphar's house or the prison house. Whether it was the prime minister, you know what I mean? Or the prison guard. He served the prisoners. He wasn't even guilty. But he served the prisoners. That's the Joseph principle this morning, church. How you go from zero to hero. you go from prison house to prime minister's house is simply just serve those around you. Go with God. He's going to go for you.